Hey, good afternoon. This is Sabine, December 26th. I believe we have a midnight marker in the heavens tonight, which is worthy of our consideration. And remember that Haggai told us twice to consider the conception of the Lord. This is how I was led to uh, restudy the heavens this morning. And what I'm going to do is to give you a summary of the update. It is quite uh, lengthy and detailed. Um, but I'm going to give you a uh, summary so you can decide whether or not you want to read out the entire text for yourself. I believe the Lord is inviting us to uh, change our perspective um, on the heavens um, to the time when he was alive and when these prophecies were written. And I'm saying it because the application, the spiritual application of Haggai 2, we have covered that quite a few times but it is also rooted in our own bodies in our own bodily temple and we're going to take a look at that next so it is with the position of the moon uh, over christmas but still even tonight in the constellation capricorn the sacrificial atonement goat developing into the fish springing forth from the blood atonement that was actually the ancient winter solstice marker. So the Lord has led us to study the winter solstice, the picture of death and rebirth, the Lord coming out of his place uh, to both rescue and judge. Um, but that took place at the time in the constellation Capricorn. So I'm going to take you through how I believe the Lord led me to restudy uh, Haggai 2, looking at the heavens tonight, looking at what the enemy says about uh, this time frame and about the constellation Capricorn in particular, and then the midnight marker will pop up out of itself. Is the seed yet in the barn? Haggai 2.18, considered now from this day and upward, from the 4 and 20, 20th day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, the cornerstone, consider it, is the seed yet in the barn. Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth. From this day I will bless you. So if we look at the uh, development of human seed in the human barn, the womb of the woman, the developing embryo, the seed, enters the uterus, the barn, or the storehouse, nearly three days after its fertilization. And when the Lord's, when the light of the world came from heaven to earth, when the Holy Spirit um, enveloped Mary, overshadowed Mary, and she uh, became pregnant uh, with Jesus, I'm going to follow that process of. Uh, fertilization to implementation using the more modern like scientific uh, terms for the process and then see what Haggai may be showing us with regard to the seed not just entering the barn but actually the laying of the foundation implies a process of preparation of placement and then of a like closure so here we see the uh, fertilized um, egg or the embryo traveling through a fallopian tube and then entering into the womb into the uterus so that takes place nearly three days after fertilization and at about six days 
Um, after fertilization, the embryo attaches to the endometrium, the inner cell wall of the uterus, uh, uterus called the implementation. I understand this process from the forming of the first stone. Remember that we are equated with the temple and the cells are actually the building blocks of the temple. So from the first stone, the formant to its placement mirrors the sequence from fertilization to implementation implantation sorry or in biblical terms the foundation of the lord's temple being laid this happens both bodily upon conception as well as spiritually when we petition the holy spirit to enter into our hearts and his light and his spirit actually comes to indwell us haggai 2:20, and again the word of the lord came unto haggai in the four and twentieth day of the month saying speak to zerubbabel governor of judah in the line of David, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. I believe this pertains to cosmic judgment. And I will overthrow the, the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. And the, the word for throne in Hebrew points to the official seat of power and the supporting strongholds. I believe that to be the harlot, the daughter of spiritual Babylon, proposed uh, with its stronghold, New York, as the military seat of Babylon. Babylon has multiple heads, uh, military might concentrated in the U.S., a financial might, the city of London, and the religious might or power seat in the Vatican. The root word of seat is also associated with fullness and appointed time. And I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them, the military vessels, the armed forces, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother, implying a division against itself or civil wars. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sheltiel, saith the Lord, and I will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. The Lord's faithful remnant, appointed as rulers in the line of David, are a prized jewel, a personal possession to never let go of. Operating in his spiritual authority, they will arise and be endowed with authority and power from on high. We have read that in Acts 2, uh, Isaiah 60. There's also a reference in Solomon 8, 6 and Jeremiah 22, 24. Like a precious jewel, they are set in their rightful place on the chest of the Lord, just like the uh, gemstones were uh, placed on the chest of the high priest. So if we take this process of fertilization to uh, implantation and apply that prophetically, counting from Kislev 24 as the Lord's conception date, that was December 1819, the occlusive count, starting on the 24th. The third day would equal with Kislev 26, December 20, 21st, the, what we now uh, consider the winter solstice start. When the spirit infilled egg, the seed entered Mary's womb, the barn. Kislev 24 plus nine days, that's the upper bookend of what people um, consider to be the maximum time of fertilization would equal to VET 2, December 26, 27. And then we're taking into account the delayed new moon sighting. So the new moon was sighted 
uh, a day later than expected. So Torah calendar shifts forward one day. Then, seven days after fertilization, a layer of cells, the inner shell wall of the womb, is closed. Then, the repair of the surface epithelium takes place. This process is completed on the 11th day, that would be Tevet 4, December 28, 29. So we have a Kislev 24, Tevet 4, uh, opening and closing bookend of this time frame. This appears to me to be the closing of the inner barn door, the seed being encapsulated, or the foundation being fully laid. Between these bookends, Kislev 24 to Vet 4, I believe Haggai's prophetic blessing is expected to manifest. So, there's a beautiful, very short video of the light of God entering the womb and the moment of conception under a special microscope being visualized. I'm going to show that to you right now. On Kislev 24, the moon indeed traversed Virgo's womb, the heavenly barn or storehouse. We read a reference to that in Deuteronomy 28. Another notable demarcation point within the Haggai 2 bookends of this prophetic blessing is the moon just having passed Theta Capricorni. That is the midpoint in Capricorn between the, the atonement death portion of the goat and the rebirth portion of the fish. And tonight, um, the alignment of the moon with Saturn, associated with Satan and Kronos, uh, the little g-god of time, takes place at the hind tail star of Capricorn. That star is known as Deneb Algeri, and that means the coming slaughter. So that is a midnight marker uh, we are, I believe, to take note of. Just prior to that, the moon will pass the star Nashira, that means the bringing of good tidings and the record of the cutting off. So we have a cutting off prior to the coming slaughter. We're going to see that visually, which makes it easier to understand. Capricorn was the ancient winter solstice location, and due to the precession of the equinoxes, that is the sun's backward movement on the ecliptic over time, the winter solstice currently takes place in Sagittarius, but when the Lord speaks of Psalm 19, the Lord coming out of his place to both rescue and judge, it, it points to the visual rising of the sun after the winter solstice. So we are now in the beginning of that rising stage, but the winter solstice in the what we now refer to as the Bronze Age, uh, I believe it's up to 130 BC, um, uh, in total is when the winter solstice used to be in Capricorn, not in Sagittarius, uh, as we are accustomed to. 
Capricorn affirms the Lord's atonement death. That is symbolized in the gold portion, leading to a spiritual rebirth unto fruitfulness, which is symbolized in the hind portion, the fish portion. We read about that in John 12, 24. So let's take a look at the visual. So the moon indeed traversed the barn, the womb of Virgo, on Kislev 24. And earlier today, the moon passed the star Theta Capricorni, where the atonement goat transitions into the fish, the rebirth portion, uh, springing forth from the blood atonement. The conjunction of the moon and Saturn, 611 um, Israel time today, uh, we're a couple of hours uh, ahead of that, and it is going to be at 1111 EST in New York. This is what that looks like visually. And at that time, at 1111 New York time, the crater cup of wrath, the, the wrath poured forth underneath Virgo, is at meridian, at its highest point. Then at midnight, so in between 26 at 27, at midnight exactly, New York time, the moon will pass the hind stars of Capricorn, Nashira, meaning the, um, the good tidings and the reference to being cut off. And the final star is Deneb el Geri, and that points forward to the coming slaughter. So we have that momentum at midnight of the young crescent moon at the hindsight of Capricorn pointing to the coming slaughter. So I believe this is a midnight marker to be worthy of, uh, which is worthy of our consideration. The star Theta Capricorni marks the transition point between the sacrificial atonement goat and the rising fish, the Ecclesia, the believers. Biblical astronomer Bullinger helps us understand how the scriptures speak of two goats, of the goat of the sin offering, scripture reveals, God had given it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation, to make atonement for them before the Lord. Leviticus 10, 16, 17. Of the other goat, which was not sacrificed, the scapegoat, he shall let, go, let it go into the wilderness. Leviticus 16, 22. So here we have atonement on one side and the escape into the wilderness on the other. And that also connects with the verses in Matthew 24. Here at Teta Capricorni, we see death and resurrection coming together. The Lord being wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Isaiah 53. Jesus laid down his life for the sheep. Remember how when we just looked at Virgo in her left hand, she holds spica, that corn of wheat. We witness the Lord coming to die for mankind, being planted into the ground, and his death bringing forth much fruit. John 12, 24. So that's what the moon signaled on Kislev 24. Now in Capricorn, the moon has arrived at the area of the transition of the goat into the fish, the living fish, the quickened and the saved, having become fishers of men. The risen by the power of the Lord's death and resurrection, proceeding from the dying goat, the goat which made atonement. 
and yet they form only one body. In like manner, the bride has become one with Christ. Its ancient origins reveals a prophetic knowledge, which only he possessed who knew that in the fullness of time he would send forth his Son, the light of the world coming down. Even the sign of Jonah is tied to Capricorn, as well as to seed as the sea monster. We've covered that before. Because Jonah himself was perceived as Dagon, the little g-god of the Ninevites. And after having spent three days in the belly of the great fish, likely physically resembling him as well, being white and spewed out by the fish itself. So, biblical astronomer uh, Joseph Seiss ties the half-fish god of the Babylonians to Capricorn. So you can read more about that over here. The enemy signaling of the uh, ample um, pointing forward to the post-Christmas season, the winter solstice season, and there two, quote-unquote, pet goats. Two pet goats in the heaven, 2001-2022. We can recognize that the enemy attempts to distort and mimic the death and resurrection picture with the One World Freedom Tower, first and foremost. Remember the first 9-11, that was the taking down of the Twin Towers, symbolizing Gemini in the heavens. And that was replaced with a hybrid, a uh, the One World Freedom Tower, a hybrid of as above, so below, two becoming one, a hybrid just like Capricorn. In the Ipego 2 animation, the false messiah type arrives on the scene from a vesica Pisces, Pisces shaped cave, the location of the ritual goat slaughter, to be rebirthed as a king of hearts, a Saint Valentine type tied to Lupercalia. He's riding on a solar bark of Horus emerging from the underworld onto the celestial river we know to be Eridanus flowing from Orion, but now. Um, uh, flowing toward Orion, with the Giza pyramids reflecting its belt stars in the area known as the Celestial Silver Gate. He awakens in between Scorpio and Orion as the backdrop. Orion, known as the retrieving hand from the ancient Lakota constellation, and there we see the post-winter solstice sun, in addition to cosmic judgment, starting the heliophant man-child, Ludovic, appears to awaken after a new moon in Capricorn because we see a first sliver of the moon in that water puddle. We're going to see it in the visuals a little bit later. Next to a coiled serpentine Capricorn-shaped figure. Saturn, associated with Satan and Kronos, a little g-god of time, is currently positioned at the tail end of, of Capricorn. That could reflect the occult concept of riding the solar goat, which is directly tied to December 25th, and the occult concept of their deity's death and resurrection. The Ipego 2 animation event sequence leads to America being destroyed and declared scapegoat Babylon, which is the second pet goat. You can see that in slide number four. After the rollout of the CV-19 injections, which was the crowning of the serpent ritual, Corona Borealis above the constellation serpents, we have witnessed the induced transformation of the mind and the pharmacological controlled man-child, emulating Hierophant, Helios, Sol Invictus, 
and a prelude to the post-rapture beast system and the mark of the beast, a.k.a. a great reset to Zeptepi, the beginning or the first time. That is also mirrored in what they consider to be IPET, which is a reference in the ancient Dendera chart to the central constellation in the north, Draco, the red, red dragon, the great red dragon of Revelation 12, is also known as Draco, but also as Ipet, the Nile goddess of fertility. So that is what we are looking at in the animation. From beginning to end, the captive barcoded goat refers to the time frame of Purim with the casting of lots, the rejection of Jesus as the one and true God of all things to be replaced by a Baphomet type, a goat of Mendes type, a false sacrificial atonement is offered. 9-11-2001 is anchored as end and the beginning. The fall of the Twin Towers was the first pet goat, the DNA pillars of Gemini, the Pentagon-shaped Origa, the charioteer, carrying two kid goats in the celestial silver gate, were destroyed. And the moon at the time was a witness. The moon was in the silver gate underneath Origa, which resembled the Pentagon, looking at Gemini, the Twin Towers. The wintertime destruction of America Babylon will likely be the next ritual slaughter episode. The Capricorn altar of sacrifice and rebirth, a rising of the King of Hearts. So we see the King of Heart type um, arriving on the scene and his restraint being removed, the crown of thorns disappearing from its, from its head. I believe this um, uh, young prince is one of the unholy trinity next to Obama as the first beast and a pope as the false prophet. Um, and his uh, positioning has been a prince and a king of hearts. So here we see the uh, awakening of their man-child figure, uh, Ludovic, after the first sliver of the moon is seen reflected in this puddle next to the serpentine uh, shape as a Capricorn. And we know that the island of Hawaii is shaped as both a sacrificial lamb and a sacrificial goat. And we see the collision of the Osama bin Laden figure with the island shaped as a Y. The atonement altar of Elijah with four corners or four cones in the center of the Pacific Ring of Fire. The retrieving hand from the constellation Orion with the constellation Scorpio from the vantage point of the outer ice ring or what we refer to as the South Pole and the uh, needle coming from uh, the heavens but also the onset of cosmic judgment and we know that the Giza Plateau is a reflection of the Lord's altar and witnessing stone, the Khufu pyramid especially and the Lord is said to be both the corner and the capstone. So the stone being laid was also reflected in history as noted by Isaiah in the bridal pyramid in stone. So we have multiple witnesses in scripture, but also in physical buildings, as well as our temple bodies of the foundation stone of the Lord being laid. 
And here is a description of the elite uh, ritual uh, initiation, what they refer to as riding the goat. I'm not going to uh, spend my time uh, covering that, but if you'd like, you can read that in the article. So zooming in, we can see a crescent moon reflected in the pool next to Ludovic's egghead. Laying on a Capricorn sign formed by the serpent, the pool reflection shows a small waning crescent moon, which would indicate there is a waxing crescent moon in the sky, reflections being opposite. Note if you decide to watch the video how at this exact moment the Ludovic character, who symbolizes Aleister Crowley and a young sun god type, calls out Abraham as we read his lips, <clears throat> potentially pointing to the false flag sinking of the USS Abraham Lincoln as prophesied by uh, a few watchmen before the rapture as one of the notable signs and the uh, aircraft carriers are, I believe, referred in scripture as the, as one of the fortresses of Ephraim. And then some more biblical details with regard to the constellation Capricorn. Capricorn, the atonement goat, springing forth from him is the fish, the spiritual fruition tied to the blood atonement. And these are the deacons of Capricorn. So if you'd like to read more uh, detail about what the deacons mean, you can um, do so over here. And then more insight with regard to the occult interpretation of Capricorn. It's ties to the winter solstice. As I explained, the December solstice used to take place in the constellation Capricorn until 130 BC. Here you can read more about the unmasking of the enemy's dark goats. The celestial reference to the December 26, 2019 total solar eclipse in Capricorn visualized over here. So they were marking that exit at that time also. The spiritual midnight marker at winter time, at the time of a heavy winter storm, and then the fire shoot for the Judas goat, which leads the sheep to slaughter, but escapes uh, himself visualized in the red exit. So that is a choice between either accepting Christ's blood atonement or being led to slaughter. So that is once again connected to Capricorn. Within the etymology of the word Capricorn, a great escape is hidden. Luke 21, the Lord tells us to be watchful and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the earth. Remember that the snare was laid up for the Magi after December 25th in 2 BC. Watch therefore and pray always that you may, you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass or that shall come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. And remember that Jesus escaped out of the hands of the Sanhedrin uh, at the Feast of Dedication. And here the word escape is used once more. The word escape and the name of the constellation Capricorn are connected 
in their word origin. So linguistically, the word escape and the root word in cape and, ca and caper are related to the root word capri in Capricorn. And the root wording of escape originally to mean to throw off the cowl formed from X and the Latin kappa has uh, evolved into the word escape. They see Capricorn as an entry point of their little g gods. Golgotha and Capricorn. Golgotha is connected to the sign of Capricorn as well. The definition pertaining to the skull is found within both the words Capricorn and Golgotha. In the Old Testament, atonement is expressed by the word kafar, whose root meaning is to cover over. The noun related to this verb, kofar, is mainly used of the ransom price that covers an offense. We also see that picture in the Altar of Redemption Libra. The ritual of the Day of Atonement should be studied, and in particular, the part played by the two goats. That is what the enemy seeks to distort, the atonement goat and the goat sent into the wilderness. The high priest sprinkled the blood on the atonement cover, Capareth, Capri meaning goat, and corn meaning horn. So the horn of the goat. And that uh, is the conclusion of what I wanted to share with you today. So I believe the midnight marker is uh, visible in the heavens. I should say a midnight marker, not the midnight marker. But I believe it is a midnight marker worthy of our consideration. And should this day come and go without any event, we know that we are in the Lord's perfect timing. And I believe this picture is the most uh, beautiful picture to take away.